0: All movements start with a question. Does the story I've been told still make sense to me? Or will I write my own? Join Tara and Joe as they question assumptions, think about ideas, and explore what it means to create your life from the inside out. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the movement podcast. I am here with a special guest, a friend of mine from afar. We have yet to meet in person, but I'm sure we will someday. And I'm really excited to have a chat with her this morning, talk about some of the things that we are both very passionate about and give her a chance to share some of her story and her son's story. Because I think it's really, um, it's really important for us to to take a look at some of these things. So I am here with Justice Callahan and I'm very excited to have her speak in a moment. And one of the, one of the things that made me want to bring her on, as many of you know, the, the impetus for this podcast, how this podcast came about is that I was looking at a world last year of a growing divide in many ways and trying to figure out how to, how do we bridge this gap? How do we talk about it? What actually is it coming from? And for me, what I kind of, the conclusion that I came to is that this is a philosophical divide. Um, And the issue is, the problem is, is that most people have never thought about their philosophy. Um, They kind of just fall into it or they are blown by the winds of whatever is popular in the day. But when we stop and we think about our philosophy, it can make so many other things clear. And the philosophy that of course I feel is, you know, for us has been really powerful and we've been able to infuse into our life is comes from chiropractic, it's called above down, inside out. But When applied to society at large, I, I feel like it can, be, it can be the difference of like, a, does your power come from inside out or does it come from the outside in and this has many different layers to it we can be talking about our physical our physical bodies we can be talking about our thoughts and our emotions we can even be talking about trauma the chiropractic founder he broke it down into three things thoughts traumas toxins and when we when we look at these different ways of seeing the world what what i'm seeing is that you know we're, we're kind of forming tribes around them. And that's all, I, I think it's wonderful in some ways cause we're finding our people. And that's one of the, one of the things that I was thinking about justice when I invited you to do this. Cause I'm like, oh, like there are so many pieces where I'm seeing a connection between how you have chosen to live your life. I'm not sure if you've ever thought about your philosophy or not, but how you've chosen to live your life. And, and there's so many crossovers And I just wanted to have a conversation about that because that, like I said, that philosophy can then give you the confidence in the direction and make everything else make sense. And so Justice and I, I guess, technically are brought together because of Young Living, but more specifically because of a coaching program that we're a part of called Basics. And so right there, we have two levels of two levels of philosophy. We have the um we have the thoughts, which is the coaching program, and then we have the products, which is really, you know, the toxins. And um, and so I'm gonna that's sort of my introduction as to like why. And I thought this was this would be a great conversation, but now I would love to just have you, Justice, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us about you. I can say that I know you as a mom, as a businesswoman as a resource for moms who are seeking to transform their homes. Um, but why don't you share a little bit about you and your background? Because there's a lot, actually, I don't, I don't know about you either. So give us a little bit of your story.
1: Perfect. Um, so I'm Justice. I currently live in central Minnesota. It's very cold here. Um, I have one son. His name is Everett. He is six years old. And you will hear a lot about him today, I'm sure. Um, I am a homemaker, so I quit my job about three years ago, I think it was now. Wow. Oh my gosh. I didn't think about that. So I quit my job about three years ago to become a homemaker and focus on helping moms turn their homes to be toxin free. It's become a very growing, big growing passion of mine. And I am now dedicating my life to doing that while raising my babies at the same time.
0: I love it. What, what was your, what was your job? If you don't mind me asking.
1: Um, I was a preschool teacher and then they ended up selling the center that I taught at. So then I ended up doing some behavioral work for the state. And that was really my push to leave the workplace. I have always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and I was okay with teaching it wasn't like my ideal job but mm-hmm. it passed the time. but when I switched to a state behavioral job, then it was a bigger push to leave the workforce.
0: yeah what did you what did you see there that was like like okay, it's time
1: there was just a lot of imbalance between home and work life. Um, at mm-hmm. first it was really fine and then we switched supervisors who had a different, view on how we should view work and life balances and mm. it did not match mine so it was a uh, an ultimatum of what do i find more important and my family will win every single time
0: yes yeah um which comes from that that strong sense of like okay what is it that i want you've you know you've taken that time to really think about what is it that's most important absolutely um yeah, work work life balance is such a hot topic right now, right? So I must have I must have been introduced to you like right, maybe right after that happened. I think we've known each other through the internet. I don't know, maybe for two years is it? I guess something like that. I'm coming, up, yeah, I guess I'm coming up on like my third round, my third year of the coaching program. So somewhere in there, so a would have been a little bit afterwards.
1: Yeah. Cause I rejoined after like a two season break of basics, like yeah. right around the same time that I quit.
0: Yeah. So you said you always wanted to be a homemaker. You always felt pulled in that direction. Um, what, what really inspired you in terms of, okay, like I want this for myself, but then I'm also going to help support other moms who want this as well.
1: Um, so, well, it was kind of, like, something that was kind of ingrained in me that I wanted to be a homemaker and be a mom. Like, I showed up to kindergarten for our career day dressed as a mom. Like, I was serious about this. (laughs) And uh, just as I started staying home, I joined more Facebook groups, first, like, stay-at-home moms. And um, as my friends, I was the first one to have a kid. So just recently, all of my friends started to have children. And... Um, I've seen their desire to want to be able to stay home and just do the best that they can for their kids. And I was sitting over here with all these tools to do all those things. And I felt that if I wasn't working towards that, I would be doing a disservice, not only to them, but for the gifts that God gave me. And Mm -hmm. so I really had to lean into that and figure out how to make that work. I love that. What are, what were, what
0: are some of those tools i know you have one that is an organizational tool that you recently just published which is awesome um if you want to talk a little bit about that but what are some of the tools that you found like you could share and just help make things easier for people
1: so um i have it a lot of it stemmed from young living just from our past and how we got there and kind of like the things that I was seeing in other people's homes with the toxins. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I started to share these things and I realized that Young Living can be an excellent vehicle to be able to support all the other goals and wants and dreams that other people may want. Awesome. The...
0: Do you find that now there is do you do you see this movement growing in the past? I don't know how long have we been in this upside down world? Um, I don't know 20 months or whatever it is. do you see this this movement growing because what I've noticed is I feel like people have on on the blessing side of it, right? there's definitely negative sides to what what is happening, of course, but on the on the blessing side of it, there are many people who have gotten the opportunity to be home to mm-hmm. see more of their kids, to see more of what their kids are doing or involved in, and be there. Do you yeah. see that? Do you see that this is kind of a growing need?
1: Absolutely. That's actually when I started seeing um, the influx of moms wanting to do things differently. Yeah. Both staying home with their kids and taking care of their families, and also in the like paying attention to what's in their products and everything like that, because everyone's home so much more. They felt they had the time to do these things and it really opened up for them what they really wanted out of life.
0: Yeah. Giving that pause. I think that that has been such a, maybe not talked about enough blessing of this time that pause to really think and consider what Absolutely. it is that we're doing. Right. <laughs> and, and, um, that, that was the, the biggest concern of mine personally, as things started to open up again, was just like, okay, how do I hold on to these things that were very important? Cause I know the pressure to go back to whatever we used to consider normal is going to be there. Right. Yeah. And how do we, how do we kind of navigate that? That's like a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, I'm seeing this this kind of shift and this pause to really think about, okay, how is this affecting me? how how do I want this to go? And realizing that we have more power than we think we do when we're not caught up in this, you know, endless wheel of social pressures and things to do and and activities and all of that, I think it gave everyone a really who who were able to take advantage of it a, a moment to really reflect on that, which could be very powerful.
1: Yeah. Um, a moment to slow down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The other thing, and y- you know, in thinking about what's going on in your products, I'm sure you might actually know the statistic, but I don't know it off the top of my head. But you made me think of the fact that they say our indoor air pollution, like our home air pollution in general, is far worse than our outdoor air pollution, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like the statistic was 10 times, but I think it has risen
0: now. Because we're home more and using all of those things more yeah. probably. Um, and and by the indoor air pollution really coming from, coming from so many of the products and stuff that we use and things that might be, pl- you know, plug-ins and dryer sheets. I know those for me are always the biggest things that I will you know, start with when I'm trying to help yeah. someone transform their home. Um, so, so let's shift into that piece of the conversation. Cause that's really, you know, what inspired me. You shared your story recently of something that happened with your son and like in a recent happening, but it was, you recognize it because it had been something you had learned, you know, a few years back just by being a mom and being observant and recognizing the signs. Would you mind sharing that? Would you mind sharing that
1: story? Absolutely. So about four years ago, um, whenever it was, I think he was probably two and a half or something like that. um, He had been dealing with respiratory issues since, since he was probably about six weeks old was the first time that I brought him into the doctor for respiratory issues. And they progressively got worse. And when he was two and a half years old, it was bad enough that. We were going to the doctor every day for oxygen checks. The pediatrician we have, she's amazing. And she was really trusting in my ability to absorb information and look out for um, signs that we needed to seek emergency help. So I was able to bring him home each night, and, um, which was nice that he wasn't hospitalized at that point. But his oxygen levels were teetering um, on hospitalization levels and wow. so it was every a very day time. So you were there every, every day, day. Wow. every day. yeah and that stint was for about a week and a half um he was never diagnosed with anything that whole time they all just said he has sensitive lungs he wasn't showing signs of asthma or anything like that it's just he had they said he had sensitive lungs um and did and they know like sensitive to what no they had just no idea sensitive. yeah yeah there was tests after test all those years, and they just couldn't figure out why it happened. It, there was no rhyme or reason why um, his lungs would react the way they would at certain times. There was no pattern um, that we could see at that point. And uh, so in that long week, that last week, um, there was one day where his pediatrician was not available. So we had to go see someone else and he was gung-ho on sending him with a prescription that he would have to use for the rest of his life and mm-hmm. I when I was growing up I spent a lot of time in the hospital for gastrointestinal is- issues and I was also medicated for a long time as a child and knowing what that was like on a personal level that was something I didn't want for him and I just like in my heart I knew that there was a different way like there was something else like there wasn't just one option. There were, there had to be something else. So I went home that day. I didn't fill his prescription. And I called my sister because she had been doing toxin-free living for a while and young living. And I was like, Hey, I don't think you're right about this, but I had no other <laughs> option. So I'm going to trust that, you know what you're talking about and help me switch these things out. Cause I didn't know what else to do. So she Mm -hmm. came over and she brought me like laundry soap and these cleaner and dish soap. And um, we used Castile soap for Everett's like bath items while we waited to switch everything else out. So it was a very quick like 24-hour swap out of toxins. Yeah. Um, And she also gave me some oils to support his respiratory system as we transitioned in this time period. And a week later, um, he was like a normal kid. It was the craziest thing. And he had not had to use, or he had used a nebulizer for so long. After that week, he hadn't had to use one again until just recently. Um, He was going deer hunting with my boyfriend, Kyle. And so they went to go stay at someone else's house. And I didn't really put two and two together that this was the first house that he would stay in that wasn't my sister's, that wasn't toxin-free. So when he came home that day, he was breathing kind of hard. He had a rash all over his body. Um, And so I stuck him in the bath and washed him completely to get anything off of him and supported his body with oils. And he seemed to be okay. But I think as his body detoxed what it had taken in, It had a secondary reaction and he was um, having a very hard time breathing. So we had to bring him into the ER to have his bronchioles (laughs) dilated because they were very inflamed. Um, So it was, it was a quick snapback to how it was years ago. And it made me realize that what I was doing wasn't enough because if it, can happen to us again after being so careful Mm what can happen to those kids whose parents don't know because we only know what we know
0: right well and yeah it's not like he went to a chemical plant like he just he went into someone else's home so these are everyday items the many many people use them and they don't think twice about it and you know so many don't see environmental factors as as having an impact in, first of all, like our physical health, and then secondary to that is our behavioral health. So, um, when I, when, so my son Ronan, who's now nine, when he was around, gosh, I'm going to say somewhere in like two and a half. Well, no, I think he was a little bit, maybe two, two and a half, three, somewhere in there. We went to a library program and he made these cute little Tootsie Pop spiders, right? As part of the craft. And when we got home, of course he wanted to eat it. And now this was his very first, like actual mainstream sugar product. <laughs> like I, <laughs> like I, was, I was like adamant about keeping that away from him for most of his life. And so, but I'm like, all right, what's the big deal? it's one Tootsie Pop, you know? Okay, sure. You can have it. Enjoy it. Like, it'll be fine. Well, shortly after for 40 minutes, he kept on saying, mommy, my heart is racing. Mommy, what's wrong? I don't feel right. Something is wrong. Like he was in tears because he couldn't control his body. Like he just felt like he was oh. kind of like his, his brain was bouncing around and like, he just couldn't, couldn't figure it out. And I was like, you like I was almost in disbelief myself. If I didn't see it, I was like, you're telling me one Tootsie Pop. And the only reason why I could see it was because he was up to that point, not, it had not had anything like that. Right. Just like Everett Mm -hmm. had had that space of time where he did not have that input of the toxins. Right. Yeah. And, and like you, it really made me think about like how many kids, how many children are out there in the world and you know, it's not as dramatic of an an effect because it's slow. Like, so let's take a step back in time. Like your, you know, his, your son's first respiratory issues were at six months and they couldn't figure it out. Well, he could, he could have continued to go through his whole life of not really figuring it out.
1: Mm -hmm. And like the
0: one doctor that just wanted to put him on medication like, well, we just don't know. We just haven't figured it out. Because yeah. if you, if your sister, right, if your sister not had, I'm assuming she spoke up at some point before this, you were like, no, yeah. no, no. like, yeah. <laughs> it. And then finally you're like, Seven. okay, like, let's get to that point. But like, if, if you had never stopped to take that stuff away and let's try and see what happens, you pr- you would have just kept on going and it wouldn't have had a starting point that you would have recognized as like, oh, that's what's doing it. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, I think that's such, that's such the key is somehow being able to share. And that's why I wanted you to share your story because there are so many parents out there that don't know why their kids might be, maybe they're a little bit overactive. Maybe they have a hard time concentrating. Maybe they have skin issues. Maybe they have these mystery things going on and i'm I'm going to urge them if they're listening to this podcast, they might already be in this in this mindset, but I'm gonna urge them start to take a look at what's in your environment. And you have you are the gatekeeper, right? You are the gatekeeper. You have that power. you you can make those choices to swap it out. You did it in twenty four hours, right? You're like, okay, done. Yeah. We're gonna try this. We're gonna do this. And yeah, um, yeah it's just. There are so many out there who do not realize that our environment has such an impact.
1: Yeah. And I don't think I would have realized the impact that it had if we wouldn't have switched things out so quickly. Mm-hmm. Because just like the gradual onset, if you gradually change it, it's going to take a little longer to notice those changes. Uh, right. But not everyone was in the, it wasn't or is in the position I was in where i had the resources where i had people to be able to come in and um give me so much they were so giving uh, yeah so i was very blessed in that regard but yeah still and yeah
0: yeah and that obviously that's not the only way you can do it you can do things gradually or you can but you're whether you do it fast or whether you do it slow like just being aware like of yes. that those changes, you're gonna see those changes. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there are stories upon stories upon stories. I was recently given, um, I was given a cookbook, um, an einkorn cookbook, and it was actually by the, the founder of Jovial Foods. Neat. And her story in this cookbook, I found to be really amazing. So her, she was her child, her daughter, um, had all of these food sensitivities, really, really rough issues, like just, and, and eventually that's what led her ultimately to einkorn. So we could talk about, Eink- I love einkorn. We could talk about einkorn for a whole another hour if we wanted to, but Um, basically what her story was that they had gone through this process. Her husband's, her husband's a chef and she's a farmer, I think, or her husband's a farmer and she's a chef, one of the two. And so here they have this daughter who has food sensitivities. So they're (laughs) like, okay, what do we do? We can't use all of these normal things. So they had eventually like gotten her to this like super clean diet, einkorn wheat, made a huge difference. Um, And so like you, she had been clean. So all of her, all of her um, symptoms, physical symptoms, emotional symptoms, all of these things had been, uh, had been gone for a number of years. And she tells the story, they were at a family party and there was like a regular cake there. And she was like, oh, I really want to have this cake. And they're like, yeah, what's, what's a couple bites of cake going to do? Go ahead. You'll be okay. Like, you know, have a couple bites of cake. Well, within like the I don't know, again, like half an hour, forty minutes, all of a sudden they're in the car going home, and their daughter, who's now older and recognizing these things, she's like, something is wrong. Like I'm like she's having an emotional breakdown in the back seat. Like she's she's sobbing, she's hysterical. She's like, this isn't like, and and they're like from like three bites of freaking cake, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're like, Oh my goodness. And that was like the biggest wake up call for them. That's what spurred her on to actually create the company of jovial foods and try to get einkorn into the hands of so many, because like our, like our, like our personal care products and our cleaning products in our homes, our food is not so safe either. Yeah. And you know, einkorn is an ancient form of wheat. It's a form that our bodies recognize. Our current, the majority of wheat that's on the market is very questionable in its, in its formulation. Um, the things we have done to change it have been for the benefit of modern farming, not for our bodies. And so that was her story. And so I find parallels there that are really strong with yours, right? And, and seeing that in your kids... You know that's that's such a wake up call to be like, okay, I'm not the only one. My kids aren't the only one. How can I help others? Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And going towards the toxins like in our home, that made me aware of things in our food. And like I said before, I had a lot of gastrointestinal issues growing up. And um, again, no diagnoses. They couldn't figure out what was going on. And um, so as I walked down this path of food, after finding out about products, I in turn was also able to recognize the issues within me that stemmed from food. Mm-hmm. So it's all been wonderfully connected.
0: Yes, it was well, kind of like a Pandora's box, right? You start to open it and you go, oh, all right, like whatever your way in, whether it's, you know, your cleaning products or whatever, like then all of a sudden you see other things in that line of dominoes. You're like, Oh wait, the food too. Oh, maybe the people I surround myself with are, are kind of toxic. (laughs) Oh, maybe it's, you know, like there's all these pieces that come together when you start to to put those things um, in place. So, so I'm curious going back a little bit to your story um, when you said that doctor wanted to give him medication for life. And you're like, okay, we've been down that road. How, where did that conviction in you come from where you said like, all right, I don't, I do not want to chase symptoms. This is like that you said, there's something in you. You're like, this is not the way. Do you, do you know what that is or where that comes from? Or,
1: um, I think if you would have asked me then, I would have said, I have no idea, but Mm -hmm. honestly, I have no other explanation than God somehow expressing the need for change in me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And there's no other way that I can explain it because while I grew up around doctors and medical things, and I was very well versed in medicine and health at that point, just from being around it, I still, it still wouldn't explain my conviction that came from that. If that makes right. sense, yeah, absolutely. Um, There's no other way I could explain it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that there is. So, so going back to the idea of the philosophy, the inside-out philosophy and the outside-in philosophy, I feel like that's a very clear example of what that that is. So, the outside-in philosophy is like, well. There's something wrong with you. We're just going to keep trying some different things here. Let's, let's get some drugs in there. Um, let's, you know, there must be something wrong with you. Let's, you know, try to fix it somehow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas the inside out philosophy. And and I know there's some people who get confused on that because they're like, well, you're still, you know, you're still changing the products that are outside of you and you're still using oils that are outside of you. But this is the difference. The inside out philosophy sees nature sees the body sees you know what god has created as innately well as innately perfect right like we are designed to be well so if we give the body if we take care of it if we give it what it needs it can just function the way that it's supposed to function from the inside out yes yes if we yeah if we are just trying to cover up the symptoms or if we have the hubris to think like well we know better we're going to just put this drug to manipulate the chemicals in the body for the rest of your life then we we tend to have we tend to create more problems you tend to create more issues and so i feel like the inside out philosophy it it leads us to in a sense like an unburying an uncovering of what was already there to begin with. Yeah. Our health, our, you know, our natural state, the way that, the way that God intended us to be. Um, and we, and we, in a sense, have, we, we do have to believe that there's something bigger that can create that. And I, I think that's where a lot of this, a lot of this philosophical divide is coming from is we, we are in a society right? That is very, very heavy handed of like, no, no, no. Medicine knows best. Doctors know best. They've, they've gone to school. They're going to fix it. Just wait for someone else to do it versus recognizing like, well, hold on here. My body's giving me signals. I'm, I, I can figure this out. I have, I should be able to be healthy. Let me try to uncover it. That one is much more work, but I, Ultimately, we'll say that it works better, right? Everett doesn't need a nebulizer anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. And I actually, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, Just kind of making the connection between a society that really enjoys um, glorifying progress, which I mean, progress isn't always bad. Mm -hmm. But I feel that we might be hitting that tipping point where the answers are not found in progress. They're found in looking at the past. And what was done first. And right. it doesn't line up with our desire for instant gratification. Whereas conventional ways of doing things, going to get a medicine, things like that. I like to call them band-aids. And band-aids mm-hmm. are instant gratification. They stop the bleeding. But why are you bleeding is the weir- real question there. You know? Right. Um, so and, and
0: I will be... Yeah. I will be the first to tell you. I mean, my, my second son, Gabriel is here today because of modern medicine and the miracles, but he, that was an emergency situation. We are fantastic at stopping the bleeding. Modern medicine is not fantastic at figuring out why. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you think about, so tell me more, tell me a little bit more about what you've been thinking about in terms of like this idea of progress versus what what might actually be helpful?
1: It's almost kind of like a full circle, Um, I guess, when I start to think about this. Because when I was younger, I actually wanted to go into medicine um, or science. Like, I kind of, when people stopped telling me that, or started telling me that I couldn't pick being a mom as a career, I started (laughs) looking at other things that I was interested in. (laughs) And science is always that thing. and just the ability to create solutions out of new ideas was just fascinating to me. And mm-hmm. as an adult, as I started getting into um, essential oils and non toxic products, I realized that a lot of the solutions we were finding um, that were actually really beneficial were found in the things that God created in its original form. So it's oh, the plants. I just got chills. Um, yes. Yes, Yes. And I found that the things that weren't stemming from plants and God's natural creation, those were the things that were causing more of a downfall in humans as far as health and wellness and, honestly, vitality when when it comes to that. Um, Oh, shoot. I lost what I was going to say. Oh, I dang. thought what you said was great. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had one other idea and I was like, going to say it? And then it, it just poof. So apparently I wasn't meant to say that. All right. <laughs> or it'll come back to you. Maybe, um, yeah. Four in the morning. <laughs>
0: right. You'll be like, hey, Tara, can we, can we do a recording right now? Um, <laughs> yeah. So and so many of those truths, you know, were known in antiquity. Um, or hundreds of years ago. And then, I mean, we, there's, you know, the, the desire to stamp that out has been, has been repeated in history as well. But yeah, I to- I definitely got chills when you said that. Cause there is, do you think that people have lost that sense of like, just kind of awe at what is around us?
1: I think absolutely. We, I think we take it for granted. I don't Mm -hmm. think we see it as the miracle that it truly is. And I think that's been, while science is amazing and science actually is very connected with biblical times, now we have separated separated it, separated science from the Bible. And that has taken away some of that just uniqueness that we see in the world. Right. Through the world. And like I went to Vegas last year last year and we went to go see the Hoover Dam. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard about, too much about the Hoover Dam, but the place that they put it, if they wouldn't put it any higher or any lower, it would not have worked. Like the spot that they put it was perfect. And like, there's just Mm -hmm. perfection in the uniquely designed aspects of nature in the world. And I looked at the canyon walls, I was like, there is no way that this happened by accident. And I just could not fathom how people could look at the world and think it happened by accident. Like there was just just this intricate perfection to make things work the way that they're supposed to. And it just blows my mind every single time. And I don't think that happens in general society
0: that, that intricacy that you just mentioned is what, what fascinates me. I mean, it drives me crazy when I hear people are like, you know, the phrase now the science is settled. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, we only just discovered like in the past decade or so that trees are freaking talking to each other underground. Like we only just figured that out very recently in human history. Like, it's amazing. Like there's, they're sending chemical messages to each other, there's a communication happening all around us. And I bring up trees because they just sort of fascinate me, but we can bring it to the human body. We mm-hmm. only just discovered in the past decade or so how crucial our gut health is and how what kind of communication is going on from our gut to our brain, right? From our gut yeah. to our immune system. We only are just discovering how these things work together. And I find that there's – we've – We've kind of moved away from this sense of like, well, let's discover how this works and how we can support it. To let's dominate it, right? Yes. Like it's the like that outside and approach is like, well, we're going to make it do what we want it to do instead of why don't we spend some time really like learning the inc- like just the incredibleness, the intricacies, the amazingness of what is going on here. And, and stop trying to mess with it.
1: Like, like, can we stop messing with it, please? Yeah, there are just every single day, like new things are being discovered in different people's brains. Like just recently, I started posting about Miralax after a viral post I found. And um, then I started thinking about why are so many people constipated? Like the amount of moms that had reached out to me after that post was like, I didn't realize how many like people were dealing with constipation. And wow, yeah. I started, I was like, why is like, why is this happening? Like, I know our diet is pretty um, like the standard diet is pretty not good,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: but I was like, there has to be also some other things. And um, that was just the other day it was the first time I started thinking, um, realizing that the digestive system is um, attached to our brain and the nervous system by that vagus nerve. And yes. so I started questioning, the link between um, neurotoxins in our products and the communication between the brain and the gut on how it needs to operate. So, I've been looking into that, which is really kind of cool. That is really cool. Um, a few years back,
0: Dr. Ollie Vanker gave a talk on that at um, one of Living's conventions. And that was where I learned like 80% of the information along the vagus nerve is actually from our gut going to our brain.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Like yeah, the amount of people walking around with unhealthy guts and, you know, something, it could be as simple as fixing that to be able to ensure that their body is working correctly, but it's always the last thing that we think about, but it should right. be the first. Yeah.
0: And, and he also made the point there's you know, if you have inflammation for too much, too long, you're sending these alarm systems to your brain, it's going to start to affect your emotions. Mm -hmm. And so that our gut health is connected to our emotional health. And I'm just, you know, my, my heart breaks right now for the world that is dealing, there's, there's more depression than ever. There's more, um, emotional distress than ever. Um, and I'm not saying it's only our gut. There's lots of factors, but that's definitely one of them. It's
1: definitely
0: Absolutely. one of the mm-hmm. So um, yeah, lots, lots to think about if you were to, okay. So someone comes to you from this podcast. I is like, okay, justice, like, where do I start? Because we've talked, we've, we've run the gamut today. Like we've talked about a whole bunch of different things, but like, <laughs> where do you start when you're helping someone kind of take a look at their home? What are, what are the ways that you start with someone so they're not overwhelmed and they don't go like, all right, whatever, it's too hard.
1: <laughs> the first thing I always start with is um, getting rid of air fresheners, replacing it with diffusers and then mm-hmm. these household cleaner because you can knock out probably 15 cleaners with that one. So it really, it makes a bigger impact than we think. Yeah once we are removing you know 15 items for one so it doesn't seem as tough as a switch as maybe like replacing all your personal care products because that's I think the hardest to switch because we become so dependent on you know our shampoos that we like or our makeup that we like or you know our skincare that we do like we get into that routine and we don't want to change that whereas cleaners and um like candles and air fresheners switching those out we're more apt to be switching those out because we just naturally don't get into a set routine with those like we find what we like but we're willing to change it because there's options right yeah I 100% agree with that
0: thieves cleaner was my first love in young living. that actually was what brought me into the into the family, (laughs) into the world of Young Living. Um, It's just, it's such a great, such a great product. And you're right to be able to switch out. All of a sudden you realize like, oh, I've just been sold a bunch of marketing. Like I have all these cleaners for all these different things. And I don't need that. Like, it's so simple to make the switch and to have a cleaner that is safe for you, safe for the environment. Um, I was introduced to it when Ronan was like two months old. And so I was high, uh, highly aware, like, you know, doing all that reading as a new mom, like, how do I not mess this up? Right. And, right. and trying to, I had already like just kind of gotten rid of all the cleaners and was doing vinegar and baking soda. Cause they're like, well, they're going to be crawling on the floor. They're going to be breathing in anything that that's down there. And I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. But, um, to recognize to learn that there was a cleaner that was safe, that was effective, that was way easier than that smelled way better than vinegar. (laughs) And, um, and also because of its essential oils, and I know we can't, you know, you have to sort of separate the ideas here, but those essential oils are actually immune supportive. So Mm -hmm. the, the idea that you could have a cleaner that's actually giving you a positive potential impact as opposed to, Har- you know, either being Same. neutral or harming your respiratory system. I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty special. That's pretty cool. So that's, that was my, that was my first love for sure. Um, All right. Well, all, all great advice. I have really enjoyed speaking with you today. Um, I want to tell our, anyone who's listening that you can find justice on Instagram at essentially Mama, so it's essentially underscore mama M O M M A, and I truly enjoy your posts. I learn from them all the time. Um, you, you are an inspiration in a lot of ways as a mom. As we didn't even talk about homeschooling, like we <laughs> we could have gone there too. I'm like, man, like all the other choices that we've made that have been similar. But um, before we wrap up, are there any other Any other thoughts or ideas um, that you want, that you'd like to share or? Oh, always.
1: But do we have time for that? Yeah, we have time for that. (laughs) Go for it. Oh, um, I don't even think I could. I think we can leave it where it is right now. That is a really good starting point. I think if I take it any further, it's going to dive into some really confusing parts. And I can't stop (laughs) talking. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. So maybe what we need is we need to, we'll, we'll chat afterwards and we'll be like, okay, let's do some addendums. We'll do some future recordings and some other topics and absolutely and get those <laughs> out there too. That would be great. Um, well, thank you so much for spending some time with me this morning. I know that um, everyone listening is really going to appreciate these stories and I can't wait to see how they impact uh, more and more moms and more and more families and really help people start making those changes that, um, that help bring them back to the health, the health that they were designed to have, the power that they have, um, and just really kind of thinking about what they bring into their homes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone have a wonderful day. Hi, friends. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share with others. A movement is not a movement without people. At the very least, we hope that we bring ideas that make us think and ponder and just question our assumptions. And at the most, we hope we empower others to create their lives living above, down, inside out. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll see you next time.